For many holidaymakers around the world, the chance to experience real magic and the awfully big adventure that comes with a trip to one of the famous mouse's houses is exactly what dreams are made of. So join us as we explore the endless possibilities of that great big beautiful world of Disney as we travel to the magic. Yes, in fact, it's episode number one of Travel to the Magic here on another Disney podcast for the week of Thursday, the 3rd of June. And I want to say a big hello and welcome to all you Disney vacationers out there, because it's my great pleasure to be able to talk to you about my favorite topic of all time. And that, of course, is Disney. But more in particular on this show, we're going to be talking about all those amazing magical experiences that you can find by traveling around the globe to all the different Disney Disney locations and experiences and adventures that are out there waiting for you. So let me start off by doing a little bit of mousekeeping on my part and letting you know who I am and where my own personal magical journey began oh so many years ago when I was a lot younger, a lot shorter and definitely a lot thinner that has led Disney to being part and parcel of my personal and professional life to date. Well, my name's Tom and I'm the founder and owner-operator of Fly Mickey Travel based in London in the United Kingdom, but we're a borderless Disney travel company that creates bespoke magical vacations for anybody around the world who are looking for a little bit of magic in their lives, whether it's going to a Disney theme park, maybe boarding one of those cruise ships for an adventure on the high seas, or simply wanting to chill out and relax around the pool of a Hawaiian destination resort that just happens to be cram-packed full of Disney magic. So, yeah, that's kind of what I do on a daily basis. In fact, actually, what I do on a daily basis is I wake up, watch an awful lot of Disney YouTube channels, drink an awful lot of coffee, and then get started on making some magic packages for different customers around the world, whether they are newbies to the world of Disney travel and need a bit more hand-holding in the initial sort of planning stages of where they want to go or whether maybe they're a veteran with a really good idea of the Disney aspects but aren't so sure on all the extras that they could be going to do in and around the resorts that they are heading towards. So that's in a nutshell what I do for a business. I sell magic. But where did my own magical journey begin? Well, let me take you back to the 1980s, if you can remember that far back. I was about eight years of age at the time, and going on an international holiday was quite a rare treat. It wasn't something that kids of my age were able to go and do very often. Um, The furthest we used to go abroad would probably be over to France, But in those days, Disneyland Paris wasn't even open yet. So our Disney influences came purely from what we were reading in cartoon magazines or what we were hearing on the local radio station, or dare I say, when we were watching the Disney releases on VHS. And if you don't know what VHS is, then you definitely weren't born in the 1980s. But one of those tapes that we used to get every single year was, in fact, our Walt Disney World vacation planning tape, because this was the days before the Internet. So you couldn't just hop online and have a look at what the resorts were doing or what special offers may be available for that year or even find out what the entertainment, nighttime spectaculars and parades were going to be. You had to wait until you got the tape through your door and then you would sit down for what we thought was a special event as kids. Uh, Very exciting. Have our and then watch this 90-minute presentation by Walt Disney World on all the magical aspects of why 
you should book a vacation to Orlando. And again, like I've said before, it was a very, very expensive type of holiday to go on and you would save and save and save for a very long time. You certainly wouldn't do a Walt Disney World or Disneyland in California vacation from the United Kingdom every single year or two or three times a year as some people do now. It was definitely one of those things you would probably only ever do maybe once every five years or literally once in a lifetime. So for kids, having watched that Walt Disney World vacation planning tape, and then dad saying, hey, we're actually going to be going there. It was the most magical feeling in the world. And it was kind of double-edged as well because it was the first time we ever got to go on an aeroplane that took us on a flight longer than an hour and a half. In fact, in those days, if I remember rightly, the aircraft wasn't even direct. We didn't fly straight to Orlando. We had to fly indirect via Bangor, Maine. And the airport in those days was, was really not uh, an international airport. It was quite a small little airport. In fact, we flew in one side. We had to get off the plane for whatever reasons that was for and go through the terminal which was effectively a shed and come out the other side where we reboarded the plane and then took off to Orlando so even those things were still part and parcel of the excitement of, of going on your holiday and those memories of my first Walt Disney World holiday are still very much with me today and I think it's important that when you go on these kind of magical holidays you do create memories that you will never forget I mean I look back now and can laugh about being shouted at by the waitress in the 50s prime time diner which leads me to give you a good bit of advice kids which is finish your greens if you don't want to be shouted at in a disney restaurant but also some other amazing memories like going on my very first proper roller coaster even though i actually had to be dragged onto it and promised it wasn't going to kill me and of course i didn't believe my parents at the time but actually came off the other end of space mountain as a roller coaster enthusiast but i love the fact that i have these memories to look back on the memories of going on it's a small world for the first time and realizing that a song really can stick in your brain for all of eternity to going to World Showcase and being immersed in all this country and culture that you just wouldn't get to do normally in your life. But here it was laid out around one giant lake for you to do in an afternoon stroll. And this is the magic of what Disney can offer to you, not just at Walt Disney World in Orlando or at Disneyland Resort in California, but actually there is a big, bright, beautiful world of Disney out there to explore. And that's what we're going to delve into in this podcast series of Travelling to the Magic. So let's start off episode one by taking a overview look of all of the different destinations that are available in this world of Disney. And where better to start than at the original Disneyland Resort in Anaheim, California, which was built back in 1955. And over the last 65 years, both the Disneyland Resort and the city of Anaheim have both grown exponentially. We, of course, have two theme parks now on the Disney footprint, the original Disneyland Park and also Disney's California Adventure Park, which in itself is a really interesting destination on its own, drawing a lot of inspiration from the California coastline. But of course, it houses some original rides like the world-famous Coaster and the largest collection of Pixar-inspired attractions. But they're not just stopping there. They are already talking about building an extension between the two parks that will house interconnecting lands like Arendelle from Frozen. But of course, they're opening Avengers Campus as we speak with a rather intriguing new 
new looking ride called Web Slingers, which uses some pretty awesome technology to help you collect these little robot bugs that Spider-Man has lost around the city. And if you combine that with the upgrades and improvements to Downtown Disney, the dining, entertainment and retail district for the California Disney Resort, it's no wonder it's still a top Disney destination for Disney vacationers to head towards, especially with two incredible on-site brand hotels to choose from, the Disneyland Park Hotel and the Disney Grand Californian. But obviously these resorts do come with a bit of a price tag because they have the Disney name attached. But in Anaheim itself, there are literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hotels to choose from. In fact, there is just short of 59,000 rooms that you could occupy during your Californian getaway. And like most holiday makers, we want to make the most out of our time in a new area. So there are some extra attractions and sightseeing opportunities for you to explore on your holiday beyond Disneyland Resort. For example, if theme parks are your thing, then there are a number of world-class locations within easy drive of Anaheim. For example, Knott's Berry Farm is just down the road. You've got Universal Studios in Hollywood. And of course, you've also got the Warner Brothers Studio Tour, where if you're a fan of Friends, you can go and sit on that lovely coffee shop sofa. But the opportunities to expand your holiday don't just stop there because there are some other really cool attractions to go and see within easy reach of Los Angeles. So, for example, the Hollywood sign. Who doesn't want to go and get a photograph of themselves trying to hold the sign up between their two fingers or taking in a L.A. celebrity homes tour where you never know, you might be able to snap a couple of pictures of some superstars along the way. But if you really want to plus that magic experience of going to California, then why not take in a stop at Las Vegas in Nevada at the same time and pop over to the Grand Canyon to really top off those experiences of the West Coast of America. Which seems to be a good point to segue over to the east side of America and the home of Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. Now this in itself is probably one of the largest Disney resorts on the planet home to Magic Kingdom, to Epcot, to Disney's Hollywood Studios, and of course, to Disney's Animal Kingdom, alongside those two water parks, Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon, and a dining, retail and entertainment district known as Disney Springs. But if you were to speak to Visit Orlando, they would recommend that you spend at least 100 days in the region in order to be able to visit everything that is on offer to you beyond the Walt Disney World Resort. And although 100 days may be ever so slightly more than you're allowed to take off from work, most people tend to go to Orlando for either 14 or 21 days. And during that stay, not every day do you want to spend in Walt Disney World. So on those days off, when you're looking for alternative activities to go and do, there are some big and some small opportunities for you. For example, it could be something rather small like going for breakfast at the International House of Pancakes or going shopping for some extra holiday clothing at the many malls around town. But you could also venture to one of the other big theme park brand names that are there as well, like Universal, SeaWorld, and in Williamsburg, you've got Bush Gardens. But all of this is an add-on to the magic that you'll find at your happily ever after holiday at Walt Disney World. These are just some of the things you can do on top of the magic that Disney offers you in Florida. So just remember, whether it's your first trip or your 51st trip to Walt Disney World in Orlando, there is so much to do beyond the magic that will create some amazing memories for you. 
but possibly on your next holiday, you want to go and experience something truly Disney unique. Well, Tokyo could be that destination for you to head to. In fact, the Tokyo Disney Resort was the first international Disney resort to be built outside of the US. And although it has a replica of Cinderella's castle inside the main park, they have branched out and created some incredibly unique extra attractions like the secondary park called Tokyo Disney Sea, which actually houses Disney's most expensive hotel of all. It's called the Mira Costa. And the reason it's quite expensive, not only because it's absolutely luxurious, but it happens to be situated right in the heart of the park, which means if you're staying there, you not only get to have privileged access into the resort, into Tokyo Disney Sea, but you also get to have these spectacular views of the park, the rides and attractions, and of course, the nighttime spectacular as well. That has got to be worth the extra price ticket that they charge. But Tokyo Disney Sea as a standalone park is most definitely unique in the world. In fact, it has attractions that you just can't ride at any other Disney park around the globe, like the journey to the center of the earth, which may use the same sort of ride system as Test Track, but in fact actually is a completely unique ride in terms of theming and in terms of extra immersive experience inside of Mount Prometheus that's had many a Test Track lover saying that having ridden Journey to the Center of the Earth, they uh, think Test Track maybe is a bit dated now. But Tokyo Disney Resort itself has a unique land that you cannot find at any other Disney destination. And that's a land dedicated to the live action version of Beauty and the Beast, although it does take elements from the original animated version as well. But the center icon of this new land is Beast's Castle, which you can explore and take lots of uh, iconic selfie photos in front of because that in itself is a unique castle to a Disney park. But what's inside the castle is even more unique. Now, the attraction may use a similar ride system, a trackless ride system that you would find on Ratatouille in Disneyland Paris and the Ratatouille adventure that's coming to Walt Disney World from October the 1st. But what makes it incredibly unique is that it's the first attraction that Disney's ever created. The Imagineers have really gone to town with this and they've created animatronics that can actually dance around the room for you. So if you imagine that iconic scene from the movie where Belle and Beast are dancing around to Taylor's Older's Time, they are literally dancing feet off the floor and looking like they're having a really good old time. And that makes Tokyo Disney a really unique resort to go to. But like with the previous two Disney resorts we've talked about, there is so much more to be seen and to experience outside of the magic. Tokyo, of course, is quite a long distance to travel for an awful lot of people. So whilst you're there, you should really take in some of the culture. I mean, you could start off by taking the monorail from the airport to the Disney park. I mean, these monorails have Mickey ear-shaped windows. I mean, that is something quite unique and impressive to see in its own right. But maybe you want to go and experience some of the Japanese culture as well, like the nighttime food markets where you can go and experience not only a whole range of tastes and cuisines that you may or may not have had before, but you can also involve yourself in a very immersive Japanese culture in what can only be described as a very vibrant and colourful setting. And Tokyo has a 
lot of these kind of experiences available to tag on to your already magical Disney holiday. I mean, imagine being a Disney princess fan and going to Japan and having the chance to experience what it's like to wear a traditional Japanese kimono, learn its history and understand the artistry that goes into creating these absolutely gorgeous outfits. Well, all of that is available just for a little extra on top of your standard holiday costs. I mean, you could also take maybe a private guided tour around Tokyo where you could go and experience the old and the new, the traditional and the modern with your private guide. If you really want to go and experience maybe the museums or the art galleries and for the more adventurous amongst you, you might want to go and see one of the other icons beyond the Tokyo Disney Resort that is in Japan as well. And of course, we're talking about Mount Fiji where you could go and do a one or two day tour to this world famous landmark. And talking of famous landmarks, that's a nice little area for me to segue towards our fourth park in our summary of Disney resorts and destinations around the world. And of course, we are heading towards Paris and the home of what is quite possibly the most beautiful landscaped resort of them all, Disneyland Resort. Now, up until five years ago, this resort was part owned by the Walt Disney Company and part owned by the French government as well. But since Disney bought back 99.9% of the footprint of the Disneyland Paris Resort, they're now investing over 4 billion euros into creating three new immersive lands inside the Walt Disney Studios, the second of two parks at the resort. So we're going to be seeing very soon Avengers Campus opening a similar land to what we are seeing opening very shortly at Disney in California. We're also going to be getting a Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in Paris as well and a Arendelle, the world of Frozen, which will be very similar to the one opening in Hong Kong Disneyland, hopefully next year, if not the year after. And I think the plans for Disneyland Paris have been pushed back to ever so slightly. So 2023, 2024, probably for the opening of that land if you are a Frozen fan. But right now, the Disneyland Paris Resort has some of the best rides and attractions that you'll find out of any of the Disney parks around the world. In fact, if you ask anybody who has visited Walt Disney World in Orlando first and then gone to Disneyland Paris in France, what they loved better about Paris over Walt Disney World, it most certainly would be one of these two rides. Either it will be Paris's version of Space Mountain, which is actually called Hyperspace Mountain. It goes upside down, has a much larger ride cart system, and also has an impressive Star Wars overlay on it right now. Or they might tell you about the Big Thunder Mountain, which actually sits on an island of its own. In fact, you have to go underwater to get onto the main elements of the ride. And then there is a huge rush underwater in the dark coming back into the train station. These are kind of unique ride attractions that are only available at Disneyland Paris, along with West End caliber stage shows like Mickey and the Magician in the Walt Disney Studios Park. And at the original Disneyland Park, you'll find a nighttime spectacular called Illuminations that's very different from any other nighttime show that you'll find at a different Disney park. It uses water jets and cannons and curtains from the lake that surrounds the Sleeping Beauty Castle to fireworks and fire effects, lasers, and of course, the state-of-the-art projection system to really 3D map what you're watching onto that iconic centerpiece. And it's just an amazing show to watch. But of course, again, like all of the other Disney parks we've been talking about, there's a lot more magic to be had right outside those gates. In fact, right outside those gates is a train station that can take you on a 40-minute ride into the center of Paris where you can go and experience 
experience not only the French culture and some traditional croissants, but also go and see the iconic Eiffel Tower, the Arc de Triomphe, or maybe go and see the original Moulin Rouge, which a lot of people think is just a movie. Well, it's not. It's a real-life dinner and dining show experience to be had at the heart of one of the most romantic cities in the world. But maybe your better half wants to travel to somewhere quite different for their Disney experience. Well, number five on our summary of Disney destinations and resorts to head to is, in fact, Hong Kong Disneyland Resort, which is celebrating its 15th anniversary as we speak. It's a bit of a, an extended anniversary, as for the last year it spent 60% of its time closed due to uh, the pandemic. But actually, at the moment, it's really embracing its 15th birthday with the unveiling of the Castle of Magical Dreams, which is quite unique to the world of Disney in that it doesn't just celebrate one single princess. It in fact tells the beloved story of 13 princesses throughout its entire design. But if we cast our minds back to about 15 years ago, Hong Kong Disneyland was virtually a carbon copy of Disneyland from California. But ever since then, they've been looking at unique ways to make their park have its own stamp on the Disney map. Well, they've got that with the Castle of Magical Dreams, but they've also got some new and impressive lands coming. In fact, they will be the first Disney park around the world to have an Arendelle, a world of Frozen, a land that will be dedicated to those two movies, uh, a third on its way, apparently. Uh, but it'll have two rides in there, a family-style uh, roller coaster and also a dark ride, very similar to the Frozen Ever After found at Epcot in Walt Disney World. And they're having their own unique version of Avengers Campus. In fact, it won't be called Avengers Campus. It's going to be called Stark Expo, and it's kind of a re model of Tomorrowland that will have a Marvel theme overlay and is expected to be completed by 2023. So there's some very exciting, unique and original ideas taking place in Hong Kong Disneyland Resort. But again, like all the other resorts, there's plenty of things to go and do outside if you're traveling thousands of miles for a different slice of magic. Because Hong Kong is actually a vibrant and immersive city. And if you really want to get a real view of what Hong Kong is like, then you really should head over to the International Commerce Center where you can ride one of the fastest elevators in the world that shoots you up to uh, the 100th floor to the Sky 100 Hong Kong Observation Deck where you get this incredible 360 degree panoramic view of the Victoria Harbour and of course the city skyline itself and you can enjoy some food and drink whilst you're up there as well but if you prefer to keep your feet more on the ground then you have the hop on hop off tour bus that takes you all over the city seeing the modern and the traditional highlights of Hong Kong or you could take a wonderful journey over to Hong Kong Ocean Park where you can learn about marine life see a giant panda or two and ride some thrilling attractions all in one single day but while it may seem like an awfully big adventure to head to Hong Kong soak up the local culture and of course the magic of the Disneyland Park it still is only a single park resort so you might actually want to think about combining a trip to Tokyo Disney Resort with a stopover at Hong Kong Disney Resort and while you're going all that way why not visit our sixth Disney destination on our summary which is of course Shanghai Disney and the newest Disney park of them all and quite probably the most state-of-the-art and technologically advanced Disney park too considering it has a revolutionary system that's used in its Pirates of the Caribbean ride which actually takes the boat spins it around several times and gives you that immersive impression that you are literally under water and then being thrown into the real world is just quite outstanding. 
But much like Hong Kong Disneyland, Shanghai Disneyland has its own unique castle too. It's called the Enchanted Storybook Castle, and it takes inspiration from Cinderella's and Sleeping Beauty's castles in other Disney parks, but it also features a few unique elements that you won't necessarily get in any other Disney park, and that's two rides inside the castle, one of which is a boat-themed attraction, plus also a full Disney character dining restaurant experience. Now, also on this castle, right at the top of the tallest tower, is a peony flower sculpture. I do apologise if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, but it represents Shanghai and gives a voice to the motto of the theme park, which is authentically Disney, distinctly Chinese, which is what these Asia parks like to do. They like to incorporate elements that we're so used to from our Western Disney parks, but really embrace the local culture and the influences of the countries that these parks are in, making them truly unique destinations to go to. But the magic doesn't stop at just those six Disney parks around the globe. There are, in fact, a whole range of other Disney experiences for you to embrace. And each week on Travel to the Magic, we will be delving into not just the parks, but also these extra adventures as well, like taking to the high seas on board one of the four current sailing ships in the Disney Cruise Line fleet. That's the Disney Magic, the Disney Dream, the Disney Fantasy and the Disney Wonder. And of course, from June next year, the Disney Wish takes her very first maiden voyage as part of the ever-growing Disney Cruise Line fleet, with two more ships due to join over the next few years as well, but they are yet to be named. And of course, these ships can take us all over the world. So the Disney Magic, for example, sails generally from Dover in the UK or from Barcelona in Spain on all-inclusive itineraries that can take us to places like St. Petersburg, Copenhagen, Naples, Pompeii, and also into Monte Carlo, which really gives you a chance to see quite a bit of the European landscape. While back over in America, the Disney Wonder can take you on adventures up to Alaska for a bit of a chillier experience up there, down to the Disney Fantasy and the Disney Dream. They could take you around the Caribbean or the Bahamas with a stop-off at Disney's own private island that is Castaway Key. And I can tell you I'm very excited for the Travel to the Magic episode when we delve into that location. But it's not the uniquest of all Disney destinations that you could head to. In fact, you could go and visit the Hawaiian Mouse's House on the island of Oahu at Alani, a Disney resort and spa, which is truly a unique destination for Disney lovers to go. Now, whether you're a solo traveller, maybe a couple or a family looking for something different from the world of Disney, Alani has it all in one location for you. Not only do you get that experience of being on a Hawaiian island with the Hawaiian culture all around you, but you also get a whole dollop of Disney magic thrown in for good measure. There are plenty of experiences and cultural activities that you can get involved with, from luau's to storytelling around the campfire, to even learning to play the ukulele with Alu Mel and some of the other Disney characters too, if you want to snap a few rare meet and greets with Moana or Stitch and Angel, or even Duffy and his friends. But also, there's a lot to do 
two on the resort for the relaxation side of things as well. There's a wonderful water park on site that includes a nice lazy river to all the spa treatments and relaxation therapies that are available to you as well. Plus, just on the front of the resort, of course, is an ocean and a wonderful stretch of beach where you can take a nice long walk and breathe in some of that wonderful Hawaiian salty air whilst you're on your vacation as well. Very rejuvenating for sure. And this leads me nicely on to the final bit of magic on our summary of what Disney has to offer around the world for its vacationeers. And it's a product you may or may not have heard of. It's called Adventures by Disney. And these are hassle-free guided tours to some fantastic destinations like Australia, Egypt, the Galapagos Islands, and to Greece, plus 40 other amazing destinations as well, whether as a walking tour or on a river cruise. All of this is guided by some well-trained Disney adventure guides too, who will immerse you in the culture, heritage and history of the countries that you're visiting, as well as sprinkling a little pixie dust over some very distinctly Disney activities for you to do on your holiday as well. It's truly a very unique type of Disney holiday, and I'm very much looking forward to talking more about them on an episode of Travelling to the Magic in the weeks to come. And that pretty much brings us to the end of episode one and our short summaries of all of the different Disney parks, destinations and experiences that are available to you around the world. And I very much look forward to delving more deeply into each one of those in future episodes. But in the meantime, if you've got any travel related questions or queries, or you'd like to tell us more about your experiences of traveling to the magic, then just hop over to another Disney podcast on all the social media platforms and drop us some messages from there. And until next week, have a magical day.